awesome. Thank you all for joining us on Christmas Day. Um, on the foot, did I say Christmas? Yes. <laughs> say Christmas, yeah. I don't even know what time of the year I'm at. I said widows uh, in the Old Testament. And not oh, yes. Yeah. It's easy to get these things confused. This, this is what lockdowns, yeah. When yeah. we're in the moment, and it's all yeah. yeah. Easter, 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 the greatest, greatest day in history, Easter. Yeah. Um, before we'll have the foyer, we're gonna. I'm just gonna ask Trevor one question. It was quite hard to kind of pick just one question um, from his sermon. Um, we're gonna have a shorter time of discussion and then have a hopefully a longer time for us to fellowship and catch up, um, pray for one another, and just see how we're all uh, doing. So uh, thank you, Trevor, for um, Easter Day uh, sermon. Um, I've always wondered if um, ministers, if they kind of go back to their last year's Easter days. Yeah, East Day sermons and kind of compare to make sure you're not saying the same things. But yeah. also, there is a clear message that can't be avoided: Jesus's uh, resurrection. So yeah, I just got one question for you, and um, just to ask them out and up the floor for anyone else who has questions or reflections. Uh, so the first question was: um, Do you think we put more of an emphasis on the death of Jesus? If so, how do we change this mindset to see that the resurrection changes everything? Yeah, I. I think we do. I think quite often that is the, the gospel or, or has been my experience uh, that, yeah, we often talk of the gospel in terms of Jesus loved us and died for us, which I am, you know, uh, absolutely unwavering in my conviction that that is really important. But I guess like I was trying to say in the in the sermon, how far does that really take us? Yeah. And as I was thinking about it this morning, I mean, I, I thought of a couple of experiences I've had uh, of talking with people who are recently bereaved or being with people who are are, are very ill or, or, or near death. And as I speak with them, I have sometimes found myself thinking, how, how comforting is it to know just that Jesus has died for us. Well, it is because there is something here about God entering into our experience of our, our pain uh, and our suffering. But to be able to speak of resurrection, I mean, God loves us, but his love for us is not just sympathy. Uh, do you know what I mean? He, he doesn't just come and live among us, yeah, to, to have empathy. Uh, or just show us he cares. He comes to change everything, doesn't he, uh, as well, and to make a difference. And because he loves us, he wants to give himself for us, but he gives himself for us to defeat all the powers of sin. And um, and death, I suppose, is, is the fullest manifestation of sin because it is so terrible and so awful, death in its, its finality. Um, you know, so I, in terms of what is our message, do we believe love and justice are going to have the last word? Well, you know, I, again, I always think on Resurrection Day, on, on Easter Day, about First Corinthians 15, you know, and one day he is going to put all of his enemies under his feet and the last to be defeated is death. Um, do we believe the world will be changed through peaceful means or, or violent means? Well, again, the cross is important. Jesus Jesus became a victim of violence. He did not resist. 
he was loving, he was peaceable in the face of violence. And Paul says in Colossians 2 that he disarmed powers and authorities because the people of violence of the world threw everything they had at Jesus and, and God, God was stronger. And do we believe that God will stay with us and be close to us? Uh, I, I read this morning, uh, it was in my the prayer diary from Open Doors that I use, and they talk about how um, in Romans 8, 34, they quote Paul as saying, Christ Jesus who died, more than that, he was raised to life. That's interesting, more than that. Christ Jesus who died, but more than that, he was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. That's who Paul believed Jesus to be. He died for us, but he'd been raised to life. I think that's why at the end of Romans 8, he could then go on and say all about fantastic stuff. Why nothing can separate us from his love. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's a bigger message, isn't it? And I think, yeah, when you go back and you look at Acts, it's often resurrection being spoken of. I haven't looked at all of those accounts recently, so I can't say categorically it's all of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm pretty sure, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I kind of think if there is no resurrection, how do we encourage each other? Where is where is the hope that we have yeah. here, um, but for yeah. eternity as well? Um, so thank you for that, uh, Trevor. So I'm just going to open up the floor for anyone else who has any questions or maybe a, a reflection that they've been thinking about uh, throughout this week. Feel free to share. Unmute yourself or wave at me. Trevor, I think your message really resonated with me um, this week. Um, I have been reflecting on the fact, and Benzel's question of um, the emphasis on Jesus' death, and there is definitely an emphasis on the death. And we do hear about when you know when people um, preach the gospel message, it always seems to be, oh, you know, Jesus died for us, and um, that is the biggest act of love anyone can do. And um, it's more than, like you said, it's more than just an empathy that um, that Christ Jesus did for us. It's it's actually changing, completely yeah. changing the way we are and who we are to be. And um, the resurrection is exactly that. And it's it's like the greatest message. It's more than just the death of Christ, but it's actually the resurrection that we should focus on because that means that everything has changed from there for us now. And um, thank you for that message because it was definitely um, timely in, in and put things into perspective for us as well as we reflect on COVID-19 and the death of many people knowing that it, those who have died in Christ have that hope that they will also one day rise just like um, Jesus did and we will be reunited with them. And I think that's such a timely message for us to have now. And it's very important for us to remember that as we celebrate Easter this past. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Jemima. Yeah. Thank you. Been thinking quite a lot about new creation. You know, I mean, this will come up a bit in next week's sermon. Yeah. But the stuff in is it Romans, you know, the two Adams, the first Adam and Jesus is the second Adam who brings in a new creation. And mm. newness is so important, new possibility. There's so many situations where you just in life, if if we cannot move on from this point without things being recreated and being made new, yes, yeah, so many situations would just be hopeless and and bleak. Again, that's part of the gospel message that wherever you are and wherever you've been. 
and, and however low or however hopeless things are, something new can emerge, a new life can emerge, and something can be made out of this by God. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Any other questions, reflections for Trevor? Yeah, I was, I was just going to agree with Jemima, really. It's just, I think it's just flicked a switch in my mind, if you like, um, in the sense that, yeah, we kind of preach that Jesus died for us, but the, the resurrection, if you do it from terms of resurrection, it kind of changes things um, <clears throat> a bit. And we all, you know, I feel I go through the year, you know, celebrating the fact that Jesus died for me, if you like, and understanding his love, but... And then once a year, I celebrate re resurrection when actually it's part of the story every day, if you like. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and I think it's quite a subtle thing to, to get the whole story together that, you know, Good Friday doesn't work without Sunday and vice versa. It's, it's all entwined. But we do get to focus on that Jesus died for us and that actually our joy and our hope comes out of the resurrection, the fact that, death is defeated and we have this eternal hope yeah yeah and i think we kind of understand it deep down but it's just that yeah thing that's you just flick to switch if you like uh, yeah and you're right in acts when we studied acts me and denzel did it with our men's group it it, it resurrection is very much the forefront of their um talk as it were yeah yeah I think partly as well, it, it's the fact that um, the cross is the symbol of Christianity, isn't mm. it? Yeah. So, so it, it's kind of where where the focus is, because that is, you know, that is the that is the focus. <laughs> yeah. The and I, I guess it's interesting, isn't it? And yeah, that's that's really helpful, Kathleen, isn't it? I mean, you you, you look at the cross. I mean, I think a bit about. I think I said this last year, and I can re remember this message because it, it's something I first heard from one of my friends who's a Baptist minister in, um, up, up in the Midlands, that the, the cross was previously the symbol of Roman oppression, wasn't it? Crosses were outside, <laughs> I think, most times in the empire, and they were almost there as a warning sign. If you mess with this, this is what, what, what we, we do to you. And... That is a terrible threat to be able to impose on people. If you mess with us, we will kill you. But as my friend always says, the, the threat of killing people only works so long as the people you kill stay dead. And um, There's something incredible, isn't it? Yeah, the empty cross somehow does. If we see it in the terms of Friday and Sunday, it's emptiness speaks of how... Mm -hmm. being a symbol of oppression has become a symbol of love mm -hmm. but more than a symbol of love and empathy it's a symbol of of power mm -hmm. yeah because it's empty like the tomb is empty yeah mm. i thought what you said about you know what would have happened to the disciples if it had ended on good friday was really interesting as well quite mm -hmm. you know because when we're explaining mm -hmm. when we're discussing the gospel with people and explaining how these disciples changed and how they changed the world mm. you know the they wouldn't have been able to do that without the resurrection and so how important that resurrection is to the story mm. yeah yeah that little book that i quoted um christianity surprise i read back 
at Christmas time. And I must confess, when I read it, I was thinking, oh, I think I've got my Easter Day sermon here. But it, it's really fascinating. I can say some stuff that he says about, um, you know, hospitals and plagues. I mean, Christians stayed around. Whenever everybody else left in, in the early church in times of plague, they stuck around. And they were the people willing to hang on in there and, and do the healing. And again, yeah, you know, we, we, we know of stories where Christians have gone you know, to leper colonies and stuff and offered healing. They're not, they're not scared of being made unclean. Uh, and they're not, yeah, that lack of fear that resurrection introduces, that fearlessness manifested itself in so many ways. And, and again, fearlessness with compassion goes way beyond just compassion, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Hey, Trevor. Um yeah, I was just, there's something you just said at the beginning of the foyer kind of struck me in, in, in terms of when you were um, quoting the verse about the, the powers being disarmed. Mm. And, I, and I think it's something certainly recently I've been thinking about in terms of, it's not just what God did, it's almost how God did it. So yeah. how God was victorious, I think, is is equally as interesting and important as the outcome in a sense that, there is something about, you know, God um, sort of t turning the enemy's um, kind of approach back on himself. That kind of, um, you know, G God could have just crushed yeah. the enemy with his power. And I think people wanted Jesus to, you know, the Jews at the time were hoping the Messiah would do the same thing. But it's that kind of thing we've mentioned before about that myth of redemptive violence yeah. that's actually how god operates and i think it it actually is a much more beautiful picture of god's character in a sense that how he redeemed us and how he he achieved his victory wasn't the way that you know everyone would have expected him to do so and i think yeah. that yeah that's something we we don't talk about much really but i think it's really important yeah, no, thanks, Adam. And I, I mean, that Colossians 2 passage is remarkable, isn't it? Because, I mean, the triumph, the public spectacle was a big thing that the Romans did. When you defeated anyone, you brought them back to Rome and you had this grand parade where, where you know, all the animals you brought back and the slaves that you brought back and the kings that you brought back, you paraded them through the city of Rome and you got to the centre of Rome. You probably killed the king who you captured at the heart of Rome, and then you sold off the slaves. And is it amazing? Paul says, by the triumphing over them by the cross, this symbol of Roman oppression, God defeats that. And 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 um, Paul says he's disarmed the powers and authorities and made a public spectacle of them. So I, I think Paul has that that kind of empire language of 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 almost embarrassing and humiliating. Um, people, he says, yeah, God in his nonviolence on the cross has, has made a public spectacle, <laughs> has triumphed over the empire and shown it for what it is. It's fascinating. Yeah. So any last burning thoughts or questions before we spend some time together just to catch up? Awesome. Let me just 